Welcome to this rather unusual episode of the South Mims U podcast. My name is Gerald Atkins, and I am, I think, the world's first professor of loneliness. Loneliness is my specialist subject. It's what I teach in solitude studies here at South Mims U. And before you even think of it, yes, we have a healthy number of students. The joke I hear most is, solitude studies, are you the only one in the class? It's funny. Obvious, but funny. But it's not true. There is what's been called an epidemic of loneliness across the world, especially in the highly developed and increasingly digital Western world. Or, to be more precise, the developed world. The free market, capitalist, neoliberal society that's been built over the last four decades or so. Yes, we're richer, but we're also more isolated. We are all more alone. And being alone, as Stephen Sondheim so eloquently puts it in the song that ends his musical company, is alone, not alive. And that's what I want to talk about in this podcast. And unlike all the other episodes of the series, it's just me. No interviewer, just me, here in my study at home, alone. And it's by choice. You see, I'm conducting an experiment. Can you be a hermit in the digital age? Can you escape the world by switching off all digital devices and retreating from social media and general media too? Is there a perfect state of solitude? The only thing I haven't switched off is my landline. That's necessary. It's how I would call for help should I need it. The university health and safety officer insisted that I keep my old-style analogue phone, the phone and the answering machine. So, let's get going. Oh, I forgot to take the phone off the hook. That's Audrey, my girlfriend, partner, a fiance, Audrey. unfortunate. But I think she asks a very important question. What is the difference between solitude and isolation, or as I prefer to call it, loneliness? Solitude is often misunderstood. In the old Duke Ellington song, the lyric informs us that solitude is something to be avoided. I'll quote it. In my solitude you haunt me with reveries of days gone by. In my solitude you taunt me with memories that never die. I sit in my chair, filled with despair. Nobody could be so sad, with gloom everywhere. I sit and I stare. I know that I'll soon go mad. That's not really solitude. Sorry, Duke. What's described in those lyrics is loneliness. The absence of contact with other people, and in this case, the absence of someone with whom the singer is in love. I prefer to define solitude as a positive state. One you choose for yourself. In fact, the dictionary defines it as the quality or state of being alone or remote from society. The use of the word quality is important, I think. Oh, God, 
It's a quality, something beneficial. A time when you can contemplate your life, think through potential decisions or enjoy memories. Quality time. It's also a time when you don't have to actively think about anything and are spared the need to enter into conversations. A time when you can just experience a nice day or a place or your own fantasies or ideas and let thoughts ebb and flow as they will without interruption. is an epidemic. It's not an epidemic of solitude. If it was, then I believe the world would be a better place. That's because solitude is an opportunity for personal growth. It's something we should teach to children. There should be solitude lessons in school. Why? Because it gives them the power to switch off the constant stream of social media and digital stimulation so that they can connect with the world around them, the people nearest to them, and most importantly, their inner selves and resources. So, I think we've established that solitude is beneficial. It's a good thing. It's not a state of loneliness. It's being alone by choice. Even if it's not by choice, it's a positive approach to that singular state so that you can rest and think and recover from a world which never seems to stop. Loneliness, on the other hand, is a bad thing. It's an epidemic because more and more people are suffering from it. In fact, a survey by the British Red Cross a couple of years ago found that 9 million people in the UK said they suffered from loneliness. It doesn't sound as bad as conditions like diabetes or heart disease, but it can lead to them. You see, loneliness triggers stress hormones, which, if they stay at a persistently high level, do a lot of damage to your health. And, of course, loneliness is also bad for our mental health. In the United States, researchers found that almost half of people feel alone or left out of normal social life, and that 13% said there were zero people who knew them well. That's horrible. Social media makes it worse. Research shows that heavy users are twice as likely to feel lonely as those who never or hardly ever access it. Thank you. 
wanted you to call. At one point, you're going to have to call, Jerry. That's what human beings do. Okay? Audrey makes a good point. The rise of loneliness has been linked to changes in society and demographics. People are more mobile, they move from country to city, across borders, and they leave behind their extended families. Families are becoming more fragmented and, crucially, smaller. So individuals are isolated from their roots and their familial support networks, and that puts a strain on relationships within the nuclear family, and, in turn, there are higher rates of divorce and single parents bringing up children. What happens is that loneliness is encoded into the way we live, and digital technology then builds on that isolation. You know, Facebook and Twitter aren't going to be quaking in their boots because you're blaming them for social isolation. No one's listening, Jerry. Can't you get that through your thick skull? Sure, you can do your research, yeah, be an expert in loneliness, but you don't have to resort to gimmicks to get noticed. TV show, what's her name? Trudy, Ruby, Judy. She's not interested in you. She's interested in getting noticed because she's got this cute professor on TV. She's turned your head, Jerry. And like a little puppy, you've gone looking for affection. Affection isn't commitment. You can't spend your life chasing after affection without commitment. It's time you grew up. It's time you started living. The idea that modern society generates loneliness isn't a new one. In 1950, David Reisman published a book called The Lonely Crowd. He wrote it with two sociologists and argued that a society dominated by large corporations was leading people to neglect their inner-directed resources and become other-focused people. That means they were defining themselves not by what they actually believed, but by what the group they were working within believed. So their sense of self came from the outside and not from inside. That meant they were less rooted in firm beliefs. He famously said that other directed people were at home everywhere and nowhere. Their bonds with others were skin deep. And so even though they might be in a crowd during the 1950s, that meant working in a faceless buildings and endless offices. But in the 21st century, it means being in the midst of a constant stream of social media. People were and are part of a lonely crowd. Okay, okay, so you're probably not going to call. Okay, so you're a hermit for the week. I get it. But you're a hypocrite, Jerry. I mean, come on. You're supposed to have given up social media, yet you've been doing this hermit meme on Instagram. How does that work? Look, my mum's going to pay for me to fly over and stay with her, and I'm thinking that's my best option. If I tell her to book me onto a flight, I'll be leaving my flat, flat in an hour. So it's up to you. Call me or don't call me. If you don't, well, maybe that's your answer. It's best we make our minds up now. Now, before, before this whole thing goes too far. Someone once told me that having children is the best remedy for loneliness. But I don't think that's true. It, it can make the loneliness worse. If your child grows up and stops speaking to you, then the loneliness is much worse. The stress is more intense. That's because there's a bond that's both genetic, it's physical, and one that's strangely intangible. You feel it, but it's entirely mental. In truth, it's a bond that should endure. But when it doesn't, it's more painful for all involved. 
it's not solitude, it's, it's not even isolation. It's pure, cold loneliness. Loneliness leads to anger. It's also a source of extremism in politics. The psychiatrists Richard Schwartz and Jacqueline Olds wrote that loneliness was the elephant in the room when considering the increasing polarization of American politics. Lonely people get angrier about the world they see through their TV news channels and their Twitter and Facebook feeds. Those media feed on their already entrenched positions and demonize their opponents. The only result is more extremism and more isolation. So loneliness also affects decision-making. It, it inhibits logical thinking. It, it, it slows emotional bonding, makes you confused about the passing of time. You, you don't know what day it is or, or the true flow of events. I, I think that's all we need to examine in this podcast. Uh, thank you for listening and please come back for more episodes. Goodbye. Audrey. Hello, Jared.